Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special resource edition of the This Is Family podcast. I'm Ben Houck, Family Ministries Director here at Calvary. Our marriage seminar this year was absolutely incredible. It was an event blessed by God, and we've already heard many testimonies of strengthened marriages as a result. We really had such a wonderful time learning, laughing, and loving during this incredible two-day seminar, and we want to share those sessions with you here. In this breakout session, my wife Stacy and I share some insights with engaged and young marrieds with the topic, Seven Steps to Last a Lifetime. Here now is the 2023 Calvary Marriage Seminar on this resource edition of This Is Family. Okay, well, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, my name's Ben Houck, um, and this is my lovely wife, Stacy. Hi. And um, we are thrilled to be here with you today. We're so glad that you're, um, that you're here at the marriage seminar. We've got a lot to go through in 40 minutes. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, um, so uh, laugh, cry if it's that bad, um, <laughs> and then at least we'll know. Uh, but uh, we're, we're really looking forward to getting in, into this uh, with you. And so we thought we'd start out with, uh, you know, just kind of a cute little Winnie the Pooh, right? Um, I don't know if we do have some young ones in here. So it looks like maybe we've got some, some young children. So Winnie the Pooh was a, a theme in our house. And we've got this, uh, this cute little quote. If you live to be 100, I hope to be 100 minus a day. So I never have to live without you. So we, uh, we have this little argument on who wants to die first, so that, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. So. Is my mic on? Yep. You're good. Okay. You're good. Can you all hear us all right? Yeah. yeah. We maybe opted not to use the mic mic. This is being recorded though. So, okay. So we are going to talk today about seven steps to last a lifetime. Seven steps to last a lifetime. Of course, we're talking about love for a lifetime. You all are early or are just starting into your marriage. Um, so we want to just kind of share some of the things that we have uh, been, you know, we've been married for uh, over 20 years now, and we'll be celebrating 21 this year. And so, uh, you know, we don't know it all, uh, but we have come through uh, a couple decades anyway, and um, by and large successfully. Uh, had a few bruises and a few, you know, knockouts, but... Um, so we're going to start, and um, before we get going, uh, l- let's go ahead and uh, you'll find this is a theme. We're going to go ahead and say a quick prayer, and then we'll get right into it. Lord Jesus, thank you so much again for this thank session. You, Lord, for this thank you for these young married, these engaged together, couples, Lord. I pray God that you Lord, would just anoint us as we uh, go into this time Jesus. and uh, let your word speak to our hearts. We love you, and we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so let's get right into the seven steps. Number one, make more magic when the magic fades. Make more magic when the magic fades. Let's take a look at this uh, fun little quote. Stacy, why don't you read this? Congratulations and a piece of advice. Don't build furniture together if you want this to last. <laughs> especially Ikea, especially Ikea, <laughs> Ikea furniture. furniture right. I don't uh, recommend it. No. no. Although we love Ikea, right? Okay. Uh, marriage, here we go. Ogden Nash says, marriage is the bond between a person who never remembers anniversaries and another one who never forgets them. It's true. Don't know which one of the end of the spectrum you specifically are on, but um, thank it's God true. for our phones that can remind us, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so let's take a look at some thoughts behind this. And, and really what we're trying to convey here is that no matter where you are in your relationship, brand new maybe, and everything is just magical and amazing, and you, you know, every experience is a new experience. You go to the coffee shop and it's like, oh, you like lattes, I like lattes. Or you go to, you know, wherever, and, and every single little experience is new because the magic is there in the relationship. Okay, and then you get down the road a, a ways. Maybe you've been married for three or four or five years, and, and all of a sudden, there's familiarity there, okay? And, and it might seem as though the magic is starting to fade. Now I know where he throws his dirty socks, right? <laughs> now I know what her breath smells like in the morning, okay? Hey. I mean, that was a cheese. Well, of you're course, the only one who knows Of course not, of course not. <laughs> So, okay, but here's what, here's one thing we've learned, is that magic is not something that just moves into your relationship and then moves out on its own. It doesn't have a will of its own. You can make magic happen in your marriage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the idea of, of really valuing the now. You're, you're not like a certain, not the new, but the now. This is where you are right now. Um, so, you know, value that. Value the patina that comes with your relationship. And enjoy that, those magical times. I think maybe you've got an example of this. Do I? I don't know. Do you? So, okay. Uh, I might, if I think of it. <laughs> I think we were talking earlier about... Um, oh, oh, the popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when, we, when we first started... Uh, well, we've always known each other because we both grew up at Calvary. But I was about 15. I was just a little kid. And uh, Ben was almost 19. And so we were playing uh, music together in the youth group here at Calvary. And he played the bass, the guitar, and I played piano. And so he'd help me with those things, uh, with, with playing better. He was kind of helping me with my, I don't know. I felt like you were always helping me. But I was the younger one. And there was just this little like magical, you know, part of our relationship being young and in love and just sort of starting to fall in love. And I'll never forget, we went out one evening with the youth and a bunch of people just downtown hanging out. And um, we hadn't really told each other that we liked each other, but you could just Ooh, kind yeah. of sense that there was something there. And so we kind of snuck away and went over to the uh, Indianapolis Museum. And um, we just found some, I don't know, there was a popcorn, popcorn stand and he was like, hey, let's get some popcorn. And so we're walking along, you know, and it was just so cute and so magical in that moment. It was like, oh, we started a little popcorn fight and we're throwing popcorn back and forth at each other. And just, yeah, oh, just so, yes, yes. It was so magical, right? But, but, you know, as time goes on, you have to, you don't, you almost have to start to create those moments a little bit. Don't let it just be like, well, I wish it was like how it was in the olden days when we threw popcorn. And no, you, you have to really focus on creating those moments. Find, find the magic in the little moments. Yeah, so, so one yeah. example, too, that, that just recently, um, we, we tried to do a weekly date night. And uh, my wife says, hey, I've got something special planned for tonight. I'm like, oh, this sounds great. So uh, it's time for date night, and I go in, into our room, and she's created a, like, tent fort <laughs> on the floor and has put together this lovely, like, charcuterie board spread on a 
platter and has it tucked under with the lights and and we just you know got my 40 some year old self down on the ground and and it we had a wonderful magical night and guess how much it cost nothing now sometimes sometimes you try to play in magic and it doesn't work out so well we actually we had a business trip this past week and so he booked this little tiny house and we he thought this was a great idea and so did i i'm like it's so cute the pictures online were adorable you're like this is going to be great we get there it's very very cute but our first night so there's a ladder going up to this loft and the pictures made it look a little more spacious than what it was the ceiling was right here <laughs> so you turn over and you're like boom hit your shoulder on the ceiling so all night we're like fussing with this little loft area and so you know we ended up on the futon couch yep. down and mm -hmm. yeah we, we lasted one night <laughs> up in the loft and then we ended up but you know what we, we made the best of it it was yeah, still and, fun and here, here's what we're trying to say and then we'll move on to point number two um you have to have a biblical perception of what a magical marriage needs to look like okay mm -hmm. if you think that your life is going to be the romantic comedy that hollywood puts out I'm sorry to tell you, it, it's going to let you down, okay? Because that's not reality. Because after the credits are rolling, life continues, right? So don't define, look, talking to me, Ben, don't define my marriage by what society says is ideal and magical and perfect. Because guess what? They're not measuring marriage on a biblical yardstick. And don't, don't try to, like, I think as young couples, sometimes we make the mistake of trying to build a marriage like these people. You know, you, we all do it. We're all human. So we compare and we look at others and we say, man, they've just, just got the best marriage. Like they just, I want to do it like they're doing it. And that's okay to some degree, but be you, be who you are as a couple and make your own magic. Don't try to make some, somebody else's magic like yours, you know, just Good. do your own. Okay, point number two, cultivate godly friendships. Yeah. Cultivate godly friendships. Don't make friends who are comfortable to be with, make friends who will force you to lever yourself up. That's so good. All right, here's another uh, quote, uh, Lois Wise. A good friend is a connection to life a tie to the past, a road to the future, the key to sanity in a totally insane world. So when we talk about friendships, here's the deal. Pre-marriage, you may have separate worlds, separate friends, different, and that's okay, right? But your Venn diagram of relationships should start overlapping more and more to where you are spending the majority of your social time and friendship time together as a couple with other couples who make you better. Yeah. That you walk away from interactions and social engagements and dinners and yeah. uh, night of bowling and night of playing Rook and all these things that we do when we get together at an event at church where you walk away from those times feeling strengthened and feeling encouraged and feeling like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we may have gotten in a little a, a little tit tat before on the on the drive here, right? Maybe, you know, whatever it was. Um, and, and, but after we left this yeah. time together, man, we feel good. We feel encouraged. 
we feel like we can do this. We can, we can uh, go the distance. We can last a lifetime. So build those deep friendships. Um, and I think w- one thing that my, my mom told me as I, we began having kids was she said, Stacy, you know, once you have kids, your friendships may even change. Yeah. Because not everybody's having kids at the same time as you. Maybe they're at a different phase in life. Um, or maybe they don't parent the same way you do. You know, um, especially as your kids even get older, um, it's even more of an ordeal where, you know, maybe they allow their kids to do things that you wouldn't allow your kids to do. Maybe there's just things that they're allowing to creep into their home. People change. So you may have had really great friends when you started out. And then as you start going along, it's like those people are changing their values or, you know, dumbing down their values. And maybe it's not a great friendship anymore. And, and it's okay to let those go. It's okay to say, you know, this the, the evolution or the, the, um, the way that, that friendships can come and go throughout your life is, is okay. Okay. Now we're not saying that if you've got a friend that's walking away from the Lord, that you should reach for them and try that's please. We're not saying that at all. But what we're saying is for your marriage and for the health of your relationship and your friendships, mm-hmm. those people who you are closest to, need to be the ones that you know can strengthen you and you can strengthen them. Okay, but that's a really good point, Stacey, yeah. in that we, uh, we want to make sure that our friendships are not dragging us down. Okay, and if we find that we leave time with someone and we feel like terrible, we got to say, well, why in the world is that happening? And this may not be the best thing for us. And it's okay to, to build some space there. And I think especially with women, like, you know, women, they, they talk. And if you're, if you're hanging with somebody who's negative all the time and then you're coming home and you're just, then you're feeding all that to your husband and it just gets, it can get really toxic really fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Number three, pursue goals together. Pursue goals together. So the goal in marriage is not to think alike, but to think together. So you're using the combined force of the husband and the wife to accomplish something together. Okay, if we look at, uh, if we look at life, and, and I love this phrase that we pull out of the Bible, uh, you know, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. It's an exponential uh, uh, increase of our ability to, to accomplish things when we're working toward the same goal. Um, I'm fascinated by, by pulleys. Uh, I don't understand the science real well. Um, I'm fascinated enough with them to put them on a bullet point on a slide and talk a little bit about them, but that's, I don't know. All I know is that if you, if you, if you do a, a pulley system and you just have one pulley, okay, um, yeah, it, it'll help you move the load, but you put another pulley into that system and all of a sudden that, 100 pound load doesn't feel like 60 pounds, it feels like 20. Don't check my science, it's pro- I'm sure it's wrong. But you get the point, okay? So this is what happens in a marriage when you recognize and you place your focus on accomplishing the same goal. Now, here's what I'll tell you. Make commitments together as a couple. Um, you wanna share how we kind of approach this? We kind of stumbled upon this when we were uh, when, uh, with our commitments that we had made as single people together. 
So referring to like mm -hmm. before we right before yep. we got married. Yep. Yep. So before we got married, we were involved in really separate things, you know, because we were single. So I I, uh, I, I was, was on the sound team. Yeah, I think I was involved in choir yeah, and, and, and orchestra, and you know, so we did some different things. And uh, we just sort of said, you know what, when we get married, we're just going to start fresh. So, and I, I'm not saying don't be involved. I think it's good to be involved. It kind of keeps you accountable, keeps you, you know, faithful to church. But we found the things that we could be involved in together mm -hmm. because we thought, you know, this is not just me now. This is not just you. This is us. So we came together in unity and said, okay, what, what do we want to be involved in? What, because if he had to be here at this time for practice and I had to be there over there at that time, that can start to feel like, well, we're going, you know, two different directions. So, um, I think the point is to that is, I mean, we did it where we literally said no to everything we had said yes before to as singles. And then we said yes to certain things moving forward as a married couple. And that worked for us. And you were involved in this, the sound team and yep, different yep. things. And that, yeah. and that worked for us. And that's what led us to get involved with Bible quizzing. And that became a, a really big part of our family life. But the point is this. Have that conversation. Say, okay, well, listen, I've committed to X. And I've committed to Y. Does X and Y fit together after we're married? Does it work? Um, and if the answer is no, then all right, we got to make an adjustment here. Have that conversation so that you're driving toward the same, same goals together. All right, we're moving right along. Point number four. Point number four, prevent problems rather than make messes. Um, <laughs> this, this is going to be a fun, a fun point. Uh, so Albert Einstein, great quote here. Stacey. Intellectuals solve problems geniuses prevent them think about that for a minute here's a genius <laughs> albert einstein giving us a, a little bit of a of a peek into what it's like to be a genius if you can foresee a problem or a potential problem and you can put something in place ahead of that to uh we're going to show a little video okay, okay to to uh, to prevent that problem so it doesn't become a mess later, you're going to really, really be ahead of the game. So we've got to tee up, you saw a peek, uh, a video that, that we're going to show you. Very short little video clip, but Stacy needs to tee up exactly what you're going to be seeing. So, so uh, for my birthday last year, Ben had, had uh, gotten our RV set up down in Brown County for the weekend for me and a couple of my closest friends, Rochelle Ranking and Becky Oliver to go and just spend a nice girls getaway weekend down there. And uh, he's, you know, you think you got it all, you're good, you know what to do, you know how to, and I don't normally operate the RV by myself, but I, I, I'm like, I can handle anything, I got this. And so uh, we get down there and, and he went through all the different things, you know, and the, the main thing obviously is the plumbing. I, I didn't want anything to go wrong with the plumbing with us girls. So we get down there and, and he ran through the, the whole process with me, you know, this is what you do, you pull this, the, the waste will come out through this tube and it'll just go into the ground. So easy enough, I got it. So he leaves, yeah. And then they go and they... And so, so fast forward, you know, a day or whatever and, and it's been 24 hours and it's time to empty the tanks. So we go out there to empty the tanks and Ben had left a cap 
he had left. Now hold on, pa pause the video. So, so, so what happens here is is I, I, if you, if you're not familiar with it, there's there's a tube that comes out, you know, of the RV, and when you're traveling, there's a cap that goes on the end of that for storage to keep, you know, the stuff <laughs> contained. Well, he had left the cap on. And so when I pulled the little lever, everything came down, but it like sat right there. And I could see it, but it wasn't going down. And it's getting fuller and fuller. And I'm like doing this, like with like slinky, like trying to get it to move like this. And it's just stuck. And so I call him and I said, well, no wonder he left the cap on. Well, Becky, you know, Sister Oliver said, you know what? We got this. It's fine. We, we don't need him to drive an hour. We can do said, this. Don't do anything. I'll be there in 40 minutes. But she talked me into I it. I see a problem she, she, coming. She's here. not here to I defend herself. She <laughs> talked me into it. So, so right, we so, decided to so do here, it. Here we go. We just didn't have a plan. Oh no. Okay, so all the way down at the RV park, very nice RV park, all the way there goes all our waste all down the yeah. And I got there and I'm like, what did you do? Why? I had a very, very good way to solve this problem that would have prevented all that. Um, so this is, uh, okay, don't do this, um, don't, but don't do this in your marriage, okay, that's the point, don't, if you see something that could potentially be a problem, let's address it before it becomes a mess, all right, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, uh, I'm, I'm old, d demonstrating my age here, okay, um, and then here's the last point here, is know yourself, okay, first, know yourself, what are your potential pitfalls? Where could you fail? And then secondly, know your spouse. And then communicate those things to one another. So then together now, back to our, our point previously, working toward the same goals, together we are working toward avoid those, avoiding those messes. All right? So keep careful watch of that, and then protect those guardrails that you put in place. All right, we are on step number five. Communicate clearly. Assumptions are the termites of relationships. Communication saves relationships. Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Um, so, you know, when we look at the ways in which we need to communicate, really, communication is key. And there is nothing in our mutual lives together that we should not discuss and talk about and be in, in agreement with. Finances. We've all probably heard the, the uh, statistic, and it's sad, it's horrible, it's hard that so many marriages fail from financial problems and, and where you can't get on the same page with finances. And my goodness, how could, we need to be on the same page on those things. Um, and the way that we deal with our, uh, our families and our, uh, you know, the in-laws, how, how are we going to do um, holidays, those types of things. All these things are, they're legitimate conversations that, that we need to be having. And not just once, but let's continue to talk about this. Um, intimacy, okay? Uh, this, is, this is really important. The Brosons just spoke a little bit about it in the previous sec uh, session, okay? I will tell you, if you are married, 
have conversations mm -hmm. about your intimate time with one another. Mm -hmm. If you are not married yet, wait to have those conversations <laughs> until you are married. And then know for sure that you need to be having those conversations. I want to be very clear here. Don't set yourself up for a failure by talking about that stuff too terribly early. But once you are married, please, please, please have those conversations. So that that time together is, is everything that God wants it to be. Because like Brother Brosom set up, this was intended by God. So this is where communication comes in. So, so, so important. Did we have an example on this one? Well, I have a funny, I have a funny little thing that happened. I was reading my Bible the other day, and uh, I came across a scripture. It says, finally the time came for him to marry her. And here's what he said. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. I just laughed out loud. Is that such a man? Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. Just so clear. So, communicate. It was real clear. But yeah, communicate. communicate. Well, and and there, there are times when that communication is gonna break down. Okay? It, it happens with, with us, it happens in every marriage where you're gonna go into to something and it's going to be, uh, tensions are gonna ratchet up pretty quickly um, and all of a sudden you're, you, know, you were talking about uh, disagreeing on where to go to dinner and now all of a sudden you're talking about three years ago something that happened that's completely unrelated but you're bringing that back into the conversation and now we don't even care where we're going to dinner. Matter of fact, I don't wanna go to dinner at all. You can go to dinner wherever you want. You could go to dinner by yourself. Yeah. I want to go, and maybe we might see each other again. Okay? That's real life. But but here's what here's what we've learned is that almost every disagreement, almost every challenge that that we uh, face in in our marriage has been a result of one of two things, or maybe both. It's um, unaligned or misaligned expectations of what's going to happen or what, what we're expecting out of something or a breakdown of communication. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting one thing, she's expecting another. I think that we're going to go do this, she thinks we're going to go do that, and we haven't discussed it. So when what she wants to have happen happens, I'm let down because that's not what I expected. Or when, well, when I, when what I want to have happen doesn't really ever happen. So, cool. I'm just, <laughs> just, just don't. The point is, you know, we tend to put up barriers and walls real quick, and and it kind of goes back to what the Brosoms were talking about with jealousy. Mm -hmm. You can start to get jealous of one another instead of working together. the The thing is, we all have to realize that it's not it's not if your marriage is going to be under attack. Mm -hmm. It's when, it's when, it's going to happen. All of our marriages are under attack because God created it in, this, in his beauty and the devil doesn't like it. You have so many things to accomplish together and you're stronger together and the enemy knows it. So he wants to separate. So we've just got to be real with each other. We've got to be able to communicate. One thing I feel like that I've looked back on early in our marriage, I wish maybe we had done sooner so maybe this helps save you from some messes, is um, 
is I wish that I had made myself more vulnerable in our marriage sooner. Like, it took me a while to realize that it's okay and I can, I can open up. And I think what, what happens is there's this, this transition. So when you're dating, you're, you're trying to impress each other. You know, you're, I mean, it's just normal, right? You, you got to look just right. You're just, you know, and I'm not saying you don't continue to look nice for your spouse or impress them or whatever. But at some point, you've just got to be real. And you've got to, it's okay to say, you know, when this happens, I, I feel this way. Or I feel really uncomfortable when, when this is going on. Let's put it in so, a real scenario that, that Stacy and I, even just recently, have, have gotten a lot better at. I feel like we have. It's, it's helped our relationship. Is Right? Okay, guys. How many times have we been sitting in the car and it's quiet and it's not just quiet because it's just quiet. It's quiet because there's something that's eaten at her. That, it's that kind of quiet, okay? You, you know there's different kinds of quiet. There really is. And this is a quiet that's like screaming at me. But they're supposed like, to be able to read our minds. See that? That's what we think. That side of the car, okay? I would say first, I don't know how many years of our marriage, I would kind of just be like, well, Guess she'll have to just work through this. <laughs> and I'm over there like, what's wrong? He knows what's wrong. He knows what's wrong. You know, we we women and think they're supposed to be because she thinks I should know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I just know that they don't know. Quiet. Listen, they don't know. I promise, they don't know. <laughs> just tell them what's wrong. <laughs> so so then it goes a little something like this. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> sure. Seem a little quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Okay, listen. This is where she's talking about being vulnerable. It's okay, ladies. It's okay to say, you know what? I am struggling with this. Or men. Or men, yes. Yeah. Honey, I got a problem here. We've, okay, it can go both ways. Yeah. Right? Open up. Be okay to have that conversation. And have the conversation like adults. Don't go back to nursery school and start throwing toys at one another. Okay? <laughs> have the conversation. Try to put yourself in that position of, of your spouse and say, okay, I can see how you feel that way. Here's how, and find, work through it. Talk through it calmly, like two grown up people who are working toward the same goal. Good? That makes sense? Okay. Very good. All right, you want to move on? Yeah. All right, so after communicate clearly, establish and protect boundaries. Establish and protect boundaries. So boundaries are basically about providing structure, and structure is essential in building anything that thrives. Yeah, great, great quote by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, Boundaries are so, so critically important. Um, we already did that slide, didn't we? Oh, that's funny. Okay. So we'll just speak to this one because apparently the bullet points got a little off. So um, when we talk about boundaries, we're talking about um, establishing your own uh, autonomy mm -hmm. as a couple. Okay, you were, I was Ben before there was a Ben and Stacy. She was Stacy before there was a Ben and Stacy. Okay, and 
you know, I lived under kind of my parents. If we're talking about countries, right? I was, I was in their country, okay? And she was in her parents' country. Well, then we come together as a married, married couple, and now we're our own country, all right? And we have to kind of establish our own sovereignty, if you think about it, in, in the geographic sense, like what I'm, I'm talking about here, okay? So there are going to be things that, as a couple, you're going to have to say, this is, this is our boundary, mm-hmm. right? Um, an example is we live in the same neighborhood, like, I don't know, 300 yards maybe from her mom and dad. Wonderful people, amazing that we live that close to her mom and dad. Um, But we all know that we don't just show up at one another's homes. Even though we're that close, we give a call and hey, I got something to drop by, is it okay if I stop by now? now?" And we have permission to say, no, it's not okay right now. (laughs) Okay, great that you can make the call, but we can answer honestly to say, uh, we're right in the middle of something. Can, can we do it another time? Okay, so there are going to be things in your marriage that you're going to have to say, these are our boundaries, and this is what we as a couple have decided we're going to do. Um, you know, there's also, we talked about friendships earlier. Um, Stacey, I know you've got some thoughts on this, but, and, and man, it's amazing how, uh, Brother and Sister Brosom, some of the things they've talked about are some of the things that, that we've we yeah. already prepared for as well. Um, but but we, we want to really guard our marriages and how we talk about our marriages with others. I think, yeah, I think something that, that sort of hit me at some point in our marriage, it was like when you, when you guard your tongue and you, you, you really protect your spouse and you set up that boundary, around them it, it, you're one so so guard them even if they mess up on something or if they they dis- when they disappoint you right it, it's going to happen and and instead of going and calling your best friend or calling your mom or whatever it is and just you know we we've got to we've got to make sure that we protect them i i feel like god really laid on my heart earlier on in our marriage that I was, we're guarding a soul. It's not just a person. It's not just, you're, you're guarding their soul. It's a lot like when you have kids, you know? And I think, I think sometimes when we have kids, it, we're much easier to uh, put up with their stuff or, you know, forgive them. Like they were talking about forgiveness or, you know, oh, well, they, they frustrated me, but I'm going to move on. You know, I, I told them, hey, this is what I don't like. And then, and then we're going to move on because it's a kid and, we, and it's easier. But you feel like sometimes when it's a grown adult and they should know you and they should know how to act and they should know better and all this. But at the end of the day, just as we're guarding, you know, our little babies or our little children to get them to heaven, you are on a journey together to make it to heaven. Yeah. And, and we've got to love our spouses enough to put that, that boundary around them, not talk bad about them and, and tear them down. If you're going through a really rough spot and maybe it's something serious, get counsel, get good godly counsel. Don't just go, you know. Not your mother-in-law. Yeah, or I mean, not it's mom, just yeah. not your yeah. mom, you know, it, yeah. it's just so damaging because once you, you've got to look at it through the lens of, of 
fixing whatever it is and getting beyond it and keeping that marriage for a lifetime. If that's what we're doing, we're, guarding, we're working for a lifetime. We're like guarding our future selves. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, you're going to be in this for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be hard times. I've messed up in our marriage. Stacy would say the same. Yeah. Okay? And I've had to go to her and I've had to ask her to forgive me and to help as we work through this together. That's going to happen if it hasn't already, it will. If you let, if you let the Lord build your house, it's yeah. one of my favorite scriptures. In fact, it's one of my, and we're going to get to this on another point, but it's one of my scriptures that I pray over my family. I, I pray it. I pull a brother Brosmo on everybody. <laughs> I pray it over us. I pray it over, over my home is God, you build our house. I, I don't want I don't want to build it. If I try to build it, if he tries to build it, we're gonna mess it up. But if we let God do it, it it'll be beautiful. Mm -hmm. It'll be beautiful. Amen. Like he said, Brother Brosom talk about how the marriage is perfect, but we're we're not. We're human. Okay. So I think that leads nicely into into our last point and um that's pray together. Pray again, pray some more. We cannot stress, we cannot overstate mm -hmm. in a thousand lifetimes how critically important this step is. Yeah. And it's not because we know, oh, well, we're supposed to be spiritual and that's what checkbox we're supposed to do. No, it's because this works. It works to make your marriage amazing. It's hard to fall when you're already on your knees. Great quote. Got this off World Network of Prayer. Take that one. Your marriage is never stronger than when you're praying for it. So here's the thing. Prayer should be our first option, always. But it not only should be our first option, it should be the foundation that we build our marriages and relationships on. Okay, and, and I'll go back to the early days when Stacy and I were married. Um, did we pray? Yeah. Did we pray together when we were about to eat? <laughs> when we recognized that we needed to pray together, was it awkward? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. But did we find amazing benefits? Mm. Absolutely. And guess what? It was awkward the first time for me to speak out loud things that I would only say to the Lord previously, but now she's involved. Yeah, that was awkward for sure. And she felt the same. But the more we did it together, the more strength we gained from me hearing my wife pray for me. Like hearing her going before the throne and asking her, the Lord to help me when I'm out and about on my day. God, guard his eyes and his mind. Mm. You better believe that came into my head as I'm walking about my day and there's something that I needed to bounce my eyes. Yeah, you better believe I heard yeah. my wife's prayers. 
And it helped us. It helped our marriage. It guarded us. Yeah. Thank you. And you better believe that my wife, I'm sure, when I would pray, Lord, help her to feel fulfillment in what she's doing today. Help her to 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 recognize that she is beautiful the way you created her. Mm-hmm. And that I think she's beautiful not just on the outside but on the inside. These things when you pray together transform your relationship. Well, transform your marriage. Yeah. Now, you may ask, well how did you learn to do that? Why don't you share the couple of those resources. Well, um, so, so some of the things that we've done, this is more the practical side of it, um, is uh, I remember, I think it was maybe for a Valentine's Day gift or something, you had gotten us a, like a couple's devotional book. I don't know, even remember what it was. But it was, it was just really a special thing. And we started into that. And I enjoyed that time so much. So that's, that's one thing I would encourage is like, just keep your devotion time fresh. You know, you can kind of get into a monotony of it and, and it's okay to say, let's do something new together. So devotion books are fun for couples. Um, another one that we went through was he read Power of a Praying Husband and I read Power of a Praying Wife. And then we even swapped. And um, those were really, really helpful as well. We really loved those. I want, I want to just touch a little bit more on those two books in particular, because for us, those were transformational for our prayer time together, literally transformational. My, I, I didn't know how exactly to pray for my wife. I'm not a woman. I don't, I don't know exactly what those things are that I need to be praying for her. But that book explained in every chapter, here's, here's what your wife is probably dealing with. And then here's a prayer. And I, until I, it was like prayer training wheels. Like, (laughs) until I realized how to do it myself, I would literally read these two prayers, word for, these prayers, word for word, and we'd do it together. She'd read hers and I'd read mine. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And guess what? They just started getting ingrained into us, into our, our fiber and into our being. So those two books for us, and yeah. I would highly encourage. And then I think praying the word. One yes. thing that my, my uncle Jerry, uh, Jerry Staten, uh, pastors out in DC, he uh, told me early on, and it's been so helpful for us, is praying the word. Because when you pray the word, you're, you're, you're praying God's word. So it's so powerful. It's that much more powerful in your prayer time. So I like to find scriptures, like I mentioned, and, and just do that and, and you know, pray the armor of God over your family and pray for these different things. And there's great tools, there's great yeah. prayer tools. And then last year um, for Christmas, he got us a set and it was He Reads and She Reads Bibles. And um, so we did that together, that was really fun. We've done you know, reading the Bible through uh, Bible plans together. Um, and you don't have to do them in a year, honestly, that can be so stressful. So, you know, just especially when you have little kids, don't stress yourself out. Don't beat yourself up. Just do it. Just keep finding that time with God in your marriage. Make it fun. Make it creative. Go out to a coffee shop. Open up the Bible together. You know, just pour, pour, pour God's word into your life and into your family. And, and when you have kids and as they get grown and you, you come out and you see them, in the living room, up before you are, with their Bibles open. Or you see one of them with their dad out there 
that's what's going to keep them. It's the only thing. It's the only thing that's going to keep them. So it, it pays off. It's a lot of work right now. And when they're little, I know, I know you feel like you're just like, when am I supposed to do this, God? You know, do it while you're doing laundry. Pray over, pray over stuff. Pray over their clothes. I've done that. I'll just be, you know, doing dishes. And my kids are like, what's wrong with mom? I'm over there like crying and praying. You know what? You just get it in where you can. And you're teaching them because that's real life, especially as a mom. You don't always have time to, you know, just go spend two hours in your bedroom pouring your heart out to God. So you do it over the sink. <laughs> that helps because it can just go down the drain. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's convenient, too. It's convenient. No more sloppy pillows. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, we've really enjoyed this time. Um, we hope that, that we've maybe shared a little something that will help your marriage um, and look I'll, I'll say this Stacy and I uh, we, we love we love all of you your, your uh, journey is unique and special and you should invest in it uh, I do want to acknowledge and thank brother and sister Henderson for leading our uh, young marrieds group here if, if you're not if you're not consistently going to the Wednesday night class that they do, um, we recognize sometimes schedules don't allow, but if you're not going, please, please, please make an effort to go to their class. You will benefit greatly. And if there's ever anything that Stacy and I can do to help you, we would, we would be thrilled to, to have a conversation or answer questions or, or just share whatever uh, we can with you. So. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of today and uh, the rest of the weekend, and we look forward to, to seeing you all again soon. God bless you. Thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a few moments to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you don't already follow Calvary on social media, make sure you like, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform at Calvary Tab Indy. We hope you'll join us next month for another episode of This Is Family. For now, we say farewell, and we pray God's blessings on your family.